Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch the Going Live show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of of her son in the sketch. Uh, she played the mom and I played the priest going, the power of Christ compels you. Like that was me. Well, sadly this past Christmas Eve, uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show. Now the good news is she is not hurt physically. The bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well. And she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can, you know, get back to selling merch and get out there performing. And what I'm going to do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase. It. So this is on her GoFundMe page. Hey y'all, so I got carjacked. I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times, but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for. I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show. Comedy is now the majority of my income, so my car was very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Uh, hello. Uh, howdy. 
Get it, cowboy. Fuck hangman. 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 What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, and welcome to the Boochcast. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a special episode. And if you've already read the synopsis, you know shit's about to hit the fan in a damn big way because this week's episode is entitled "The Book of Meltzer Is Not Gospel." And there's a reason we've chosen that title. First of all, because that's the fucking truth. And second of all, because, ladies and gentlemen, this episode has been inspired by a man who is so incredibly frustrated with the state of the wrestling business that he has decided I did he called me and said Booch I know I've been gone for a while I have my reasons for why I left good terms just things in life but I need some mic time I need to come back I need to talk to the Booch cast nation and as he used to so eloquently put it he has to feed the little birdies and the dozens and dozens of fans out there with how he feels about the state of the business. And we're excited to welcome him back for his cameo appearance. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary return of the one and the only Mr. Elvis Delinsky. Yeah. Hey, big round of applause for me. Wow, what a riveting intro. I don't think I could live up to that. I mean, the show's going to go downhill from there, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, that's for the modern wrestling fans. It's going to go downhill. Basically, the people who endorse the stuff we're about to talk about, it's all downhill from there. The people who side with us, they're going to love what's about to happen here. Yeah, and, you know, I've been sitting back, you know, sitting in Chicago on my couch, um, you know, trying to make a change. But I figure I can't do anything, you know, in Chicago on a couch, do nothing about it. And uh, let's just face it, folks. Um, the past couple months in wrestling, I mean, there were some good times, some bad times, but a lot of stuff that's just horrible, horrible, horrible. And um, everybody takes sides, and we all know about certain things, certain topics we talk about. But um, I had to sit back. I had to sit back. You know, I was pissed off about a lot of different things, and I had to sit back and recollect. And I stopped doing wrestling. I stopped watching it. I mean, I would listen to the, you know, the spoilers, or sometimes I'd go to dirt sheets from time to time. And that was pretty much my ex- my existence of wrestling. Um, I stopped watching after the the fallout and brawl out um we all know what happened with that with cm punk and the young bucks and the elite um a lot of things that were brought to that point i was pissed off i'm like okay you're not gonna bring him back and a lot of people out there are big young bucks fans and kenny omega fans and they take the sides you know of those guys and i'm a cm punk guy and don't get me wrong i love kenny omega i love the young bucks i used to go on the show every fucking week and give them the praises well to much of Vinny's the chagrin um i used to even fucking like troll him just like oh the best tag team in the world the fucking young bucks and King Omega, I drink uh, Kool Aid off this fucking jock trap because I was a fucking mark. I was drinking the Kool Aid. Um, but when it comes to the breakdown from that, and I took time apart from wrestling and you know trying to get my head around, it, and I just wanted to forget about it. I was like, this is stupid. This is dumb. But as a person who casually watched, I mean, back then I was watching everything: Indies, Japan, like stupid stuff. Um, and then after that, I kind of feel like Shawn Michaels. I lost my style. I lost my smile. I just couldn't come back to it. You know, I don't want to sound like that fan, but. But that's what it felt for me. Um, and with all the reports coming after, there's not much to go on except for rumor. And that's where we're getting to today, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact of David Meltzer, Brian Alvarez. I'm talking to you, Alvarez. Looking <laughs> at you, motherfucker. Um, hoarding the dirt sheets. And it's just that. It's fucking 
dirt and shit. And uh, I believe there should be some kind of, um, David Meltzer writes something on it, a post or a blog, or he reports something. People take it as that, as gospel. Dave Meltzer wrote it, so it's got to be true. Or Dave Meltzer knows this, or he knows this. And if it doesn't work out, but uh, you know about reporting, right? You know, like in the news stations, for instance, right? Uh, when you go on CNN or CBS, or if you're doing a newspaper, there's accountability. If there's a story, there's a lead, you're not supposed to run that story unless you get some confirmation. You talk to other persons. If the person wants to give no comment, that's one thing or another. Um, and dirt sheets are full of dirt. They're nothing but rumors. But the thing is, when certain people say it and just keep pushing out this narrative over and over again, it gets lost in the sauce as gospel as opposed to what it is. It's fucking garbage and bullshit. It, it is. It's, it's horrible. And, and and it goes back to something that we've, that we've said before. And um, obviously, at the time that we're recording this, this hasn't aired yet, but we filmed it. Uh, Zach and I have been working on uh, one of our new shows, Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the 90s. That's been on the YouTube channel. And we recently recorded the episode where we talked about tabloid TV and the formation of it and how in the 90s it grew into what it is today. And one of the things we've always talked about, and I'd like to get Elvis' to take on this, is that the problem with it, not just wrestling journalists, but with journalism period, is about, you said, about accountability and fact-checking. That's what you're supposed to do. But everybody's more concerned with being the first one to report it than being accurate. And that's in journalism period. And here's the question I want to ask. Elvis, let's be, and let's be honest here. When we find out a piece of information going on, and we'll say in the world of wrestling, do you or any fans you know really give a fuck who the first person is that said it? Do you really care? No, I believe that there should be substance. I think there should be, I'd rather you be right and wait half an hour or a day or whatever and get the facts straight than just pedal out some bullshit for clicks and whatever for hits. Um, it's like this. I'd rather take quality over quantity. Now, back in my 20s, yeah, I mean, I used to go hit the bars and sometimes I hit some good women and sometimes I hit some shitty ones. But for me at the time, it was about quantity. As you get older, you want quality. Yeah. Back then, you could walk away from a whole bunch of crazy people, whatever. You can do your pull, whatever. But I respect quality over quantity. And in journalistic terms and all these different things, I don't care who wrote it first. But the thing is, if you're going to be the first one, if you put something wrong, I need to redact it. I need you to go back and say, hey, by the way, we got it wrong. The pack, the the part where, hey, we fucked up. Hey, we got the story wrong. You know, if it is, it's, um, it's, um, it's, like, it's like page 16 on that website. It's like, you know, it, it's it's horrible because they should be accountable for all these things they're saying because they're saying rumors that if it doesn't go through the way it, it went, they'll just chuck it up to like, oh, wait, they just had to change a plan or whatever. No, I'm bringing David Meltzer and Brian Alvarez into this fucking thing because, you know, the whole time when this has been going on, this has been going on before um, with Hangman and with uh, Cole Cabana and the Young Bucks. I mean, let's face it, folks. Where's Meltzer getting his information from in the box because right? that's who he's because here's the thing and and we can back this up because you back in the day and were a huge fan of being the elite to the point where you begged me to watch being the elite and for a period of time i binge watched a fuck ton of episodes before i finally tapped out and said i can't take this no more and i think i watched enough to where i was allowed to say i can't take this no more i gave it a fair more than fair shot dave Meltzer is in every other episode when they were on the indies when they first started doing being the elite and they were just chucking around the indie circuit and not only that they have a finisher called the Meltzer driver that they gave the tribute to Meltzer because everybody swings from his jock 
So and for and for a guy who's never laced up a pair of boots, like the guy's making six figures, just speculating shit, whatever. Because don't get me wrong, Brian Meltzer did have a star rating system, and there was a certain time back in the eighties when his word actually meant something. But the thing is, he wasn't that tied to a lot of different shit. But then, like somewhere between the mid eighties and the nineties, it's like all these people in these companies in the wrestling territories, or you know, WCW, WWE, and all these stuff, whatever. There's always some kind of mold just for him. Maybe they're making more money from David Meltzer. I don't understand it, but they Meltzer is making six figures, man. Like, but he does it all himself. You can't get some people to fact check, get some interns to sit there and work for him and try to get things done and get his corporation out. No, he does it himself. There's no way that man has enough time to look up of all these rumors. He just takes everything for what it is at, at face value. Like, what happened to Vice sat there and said, like, I got some, I got some steamy new things. I can't give my sources, but I heard that um, the day I become governor, this is clearly what the source said. The day I become governor, the day I live in is the day I stop being a furry that's what i heard Dave Meltzer said a long time ago now is that fact it's speculation it's a, it's something i put out there but david Meltzer said the guy who was my source who said the day i become governor is the day i stop becoming a furry exactly so, becoming a so but like that's speculation right so i'm just making up something and i'm gonna say i'm protecting my source i can't say who it is but it's complete bullshit so why are you gonna sit there and give a false narrative or just take anything that's given to you without doing some fact checks looking into all these different things and i mean it's stupid and speculative and it makes people talk but you're stirring the pot you're what you are is a fucking yahoo comment session I mean, that's all it is. Like, these people sit there and say a whole bunch of bullshit, and you're just feeding it to, like, the mediocrity of what um, a reporter's supposed to be nowadays. What happens to, like, unbiased things, whatever? Put something that's good. Meltzer, I'll follow you on your what, your website if you give me good stuff. It's like going on a conspiracy theory hunt, right? Half the conspiracy theories have some legs on it. So all the other stuff, it's like, what the fuck's this shit? But how could you really find out what's true, what's not true in this day and age when there's so much misinformation and so much bullshit being peddled out and people who call themselves the authority of what a wrestling match and a wrestler is supposed to be in 2023 is going to peddle out bullshit just to make someone else look bad. It's horrible. It, it is horrible. And what makes it horrible is the fact that, is the fact that like you said, there's no, not only is there no fact checking, but on top of all that, the reason that Meltzer is the way he is is because he wants to get the juicy information. And he knows the only way to get the juicy information is to paint the elite in a positive light at all times and justify whatever behavior they do like I, i'm gonna I, I i guarantee you and i'm and i know this is a wide out scenario but i'm gonna fucking do it you could catch the young bucks in bed with underage girls and Meltzer would spin it in a positive way that's how far gone this motherfucker is there was a time where Meltzer did have the word of gospel in wrestling because he was able to look at everything from an objective viewpoint and it is blatantly obvious in this day and age that he's not and here's the problem and it's something that people have said for a long time but now turns out to be true AEW is run by a mark who will also accept those words as gospel so that's why they're allowing that they're all kissing up to AEW because they know Tony Khan will will feed into or at least talk about whatever they're saying they know WWE is on lockdown because people talk about WWE living in a bubble AEW's bubble is way more bigger and out of touch than WWE's has ever been but they at least will lock in and go we're not acknowledging 
getting any of your crap because WWE knows this is crap. But they're literally it's coming. Their, it was AEW because they pushed their own narrative. They yeah. don't need Dave Meltzer to sit there and tell them what's going on with it. They have their own merit. They have their own proters. Yeah, they're gonna spin their spin because like that's all WWE does is spin their own stuff. And I get it though. They want to make themselves look better. Like when it comes to ticket sales, how big the arena is, how many people are capacity, how many people watch it on pay per view. That's fine. You're always gonna inflate the numbers to make it bigger. I get yeah. that. But like for a person like Dave Meltzer, you know, and Brian Alvarez, I'm not forgetting you either, asshole. Like you're there too. Like you're right there too, buddy. So I only feel like you know. In the same subject, but it's just like the the peddling of the stuff. And the thing is, when people go to dirt sheets and try to read spoilers, or if you know someone had passed away, or someone's making an entrance for the Royal Rumble, or who's going to be a, a guest spot on the WrestleMania, or for some kind of pay per view, it's always interesting to find, like maybe get a glimmer of hope of what things could happen. But it should be just that. But then you're going to sit there, you're going to take like wrestlers who we all know to know to be EVPs peddling bullshit to make someone look bad because why? You brought them there. You got a person. And this is another thing I don't think we ever talked about in a show because I think I left before any of, these, any of this took place. It's just that, are you going to have a person who for seven years, people were clamoring to come out? And don't get me wrong, he is an asshole. I get it. CM Punk's not a saint. You know, but the thing is, the thing I love about him is that he actually talks about the truth. He tells exactly how it is. And some, like, snowflake assholes can't fucking take the truth. It's fucking weird because, like, that guy actually moves a needle. He actually tried to make, place a, to make the place a better place to be at. And now, imagine all that person. Now, if you have a big fucking ox big fucking bull like CM Punk who's on top of his fucking game right I mean he's been out for seven years he finally got his mojo back he's in there he's making all this shit happen and then these fucking like fucking hyenas come out there and drag him down to his fucking level he's like dude these guys are fucking pariahs these guys are fucking assholes if CM Punk can survive in, in, in an atmosphere like that unless you're sucking on like fucking Ken Omega's dick or the Young Bucks or even Meltzer for that matter if you're not part of the clique yeah they expose the fact that they're running everything like everybody acts like and it's the argument like you know the EVPs don't have any power if you truly believe that you're fucking delusional if you think for one second they don't have backstage influence you're an idiot because it's blatantly obvious Basically, this is what happened. They brought CM Punk in after seven years. This is a guy who for seven years said, I'm done with wrestling. I don't want to come back. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. He was perfectly okay sitting at home. He didn't need he didn't need or want to be in the game anymore. But the AEW fans begged and they pleaded because they knew if Punk came, he would be the game changer. That would make people tune in. And they were right, and they did. They convinced Punk punk to come back because he wanted to see the young talent that he felt was ready to go was ready to go was ready to be serious was ready to go make some money and destroy the competition and also you know maybe he wanted to stick it to vince one time to say i am the best in the world and what happened and he did and he did he he came out there like i mean i remember that friday i know like dude we saw a grown man cry on tv because of the return of a wrestler like who who the fuck cries when a wrestler comes back i ain't gonna lie to you i was at home when I hear the music play, I got goosebumps, all right? I'm sitting there watching. Like, I'm, 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 40, I'm 43 now, but when I watch, I was 42 or 41 when it happened. I'm sitting there getting goosebumps watching one of my favorite wrestlers come back. I'm like, oh, my God, this is really fucking happening. And the thing is, like, Punk did not need AEW. AEW needed Punk. Exactly. Punk was fine. He didn't have to be there. But he got there. And everything was supposed to be, okay, cool. Well, you know, it's going to go through some, you know, some trying times. She's going to have to go through some younger talent and try to work with different people, work a different style. You know, but I was like, man, we have him. We got the guy who could come on a stick. Go out there, fucking rip it, put 
put people over. Obviously, put himself over as well, too. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, that's his job. He's trying to make money. He's trying to get, like, eyeballs on his product. Because look at AEW since when it first started. Maybe broken a little over a million. Yeah. But, like, the f- it never made it past that point. I mean, it made it, like, 1.2 or 1.3 was the highest it ever grossed. Ever. Like, pay-per-view, like... Something we on, on on TV, right? Yeah. Um, when CM Punk, when he was on his pay per view, it was the highest grossing pay per view they ever had. Where is the where where is like where is this lost? I mean, Hangman on a page. I mean, as good as he was, um, you know, he was a transitional title holder. I'm sorry to say it though, but he was. MJF, not a good. I'm sorry, but it's, I love MJF. I think he's great. I think he's better chasing a title than being a champion. Um, there's not a lot a lot of great champions. Jericho for Inception was good, but Jericho now to me is a fucking joke. Um, Mox. I mean, he's trying his fucking best. God bless his heart, but he's trying his best. Um, Kenny Omega, that was a that was just a shitty fucking title reign from him. I don't think it was 100% either. But, I mean, I don't know. Aside from Brian Danielson or fucking Adam Cole taking the title, I don't take I don't take that company. But at the same time, with Punk, he changed the needle. Like, he made a change in the company. It was going for the good. And he, he hasn't really had a chance to actually, like, not only fit into the system, but fit the system, make the system work around him for everybody to get better. That was my whole analysis when he first came back. I was happier than picking shit. I thought it was perfect. It was perfect. It was the perfect return. It had the perfect moments. He he didn't go for the belt right away, but eventually he was going to get there because he had to. Because, again, it's about putting star power behind your title, putting legends behind your title. But, again, it goes back to the elite. They realized, holy shit, Punk is taking attention away from us. Because he's better than us. That's really well, what mean, it like, is. He, but, he, but here's the thing, like you know, same thing with Steve Austin, right? Steve Austin when he ran when he ran rough shot through the fucking WWE during the Attitude Era. But the thing is, if Stone Cold Steve Austin did good, everybody did good. The Road Dog did awesome. Billy Gunn did awesome. Ken Shamrock did awesome. Mark Henry did awesome. Um, Farouk, uh, the APA, like name any person on the roster. Um, when Stone Cold Steve Austin was leading the helm with The Rock and Triple H and The Undertaker at those times, and Kurt Angle. I mean, when those guys were performing, it doesn't matter about. T- Taking a shine away, yeah. Okay, you guys are not heavy. You guys are not heavyweight people, but you guys are entertaining. I mean, you can't tell me like, except for like the lower, lower tier people. Even then, those guys who are lower tier still made more money as opposed to like you know them not being in that of a thriving time of wrestling. Exactly. CM Punk was like, CM Punk was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm trying to make a business here. I'm trying to get this thing where it's supposed to be at, and you guys are fucking sitting around playing fucking grab ass with each other and being jealous of. I'm not sure it's jealousy. I'm not sure what it was. Um, but they never really gave him time to like fucking go on. And I don't, I don't want to be a CM Punk mark. And just sit there and point like, oh, you guys ruined my favorite favorite wrestler because they did. I'm not sure he's going to come back. I was him. I wouldn't come back. But the legacy of CM Punk, the legend of CM Punk has not fully been finished yet. If he'll finish in WWE, I doubt that. Because like the WWE comes back to AEW, I hope he finishes off and just pisses off all the fucking internet marks. That would be fucking amazing. But I wouldn't come back. There's no fucking way with those fucking assholes at the helm. I mean, Cody Rhodes learned his lesson. He's like, fuck this company. I'm out. I'm going to go to WWE and be a bigger star over there, which is fucking crazy for an EVP to leave his position at AEW and go to WWE. You know, I, I, I kind of see the writing on a wall. This place is going to suck with the next couple months after I'm gone. And sure enough, it has. Yeah. But it's, it, I mean, that's just AEW in a nutshell. But we could talk about that at a later time. Well, well, before you do, I want to get into I want to get into one thing before we get into the other thing, because you brought up Cody. And this is the point that we made. This was this was the problem. Cody had a vision for AEW. What pisses me off is when I hear people like, oh, the Bucks and Kenny started this company. No, 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 no. Let's make this clear right now. This is the fact. Cody started this company. The Bucks and Kenny are too fucking stupid and too full of themselves to come up with something like this because they have a indie mind. Cody had a pro business mind. 
I guarantee you, he was the one facilitating the deal to get all in. He was the one with Tony Khan getting him to finance AEW. Cody leaving WWE and achieving the success that he achieved in Ring of Honor and TNA and all these other places is what got AEW going. Anyone who tells you differently is a lying sack of shit. And here's the thing. Cody wanted to have AEW be a sports-based product. It has been anything but. It is not a sport. It is a circus. Also, what's the big thing people complained about with WWE? All their goofy comedy bullshit. What do the best friends, the Dark Order, and the Elite do almost every week? Goofy comedy bullshit. They're doing the same fucking thing. Oh, also, what's another thing? Triple H making himself the champion because he's married to the boss's daughter. Meanwhile, the Bucks were two-time tag team champions. Didn't have the fucking balls to drop them to FTR. You had Kenny Omega being the world champion. Probably the longest reigning world champion at that time, which was a fucking disgrace. And the trio's champions right now. Cody, on the other hand, was smart enough to say, I'm not going to challenge for the title because I don't want to be one of those guys that's also management and a champion. Cody is a fucking adult. As Punk so eloquently put it, the Bucks and Kenny are fucking children. That's the difference. So Cody knew this was going to go south because Nick, because Tony Khan, I almost said Nick, sorry. I I, I replaced the, I almost said the the, the good Khan with the bad Khan, sorry. Tony Khan decided I'm going to follow Kenny and the Bucks because just like them, I am manipulated by the fans who are in turn manipulated by the dirt sheets and that's what you basically have in AEW right now. Sorry, I want to get that much. That's where we go back to our whole narrative with you know the media and the wrestlers so they're in bed with each other so who's fucking who it's kind of like all these corporate sponsors are getting tax breaks because they're paying out their politicians that's going to be in a news cycle but no one really talks about it because unless you go into those conspiracy theories it's like oh it's just a conspiracy well there's no conspiracy when it comes to this not it's plain and simple as day the wrestlers are in bed with the fucking writers and those writers who's been throwing their names for a long time who's supposed to call themselves fucking reporters are not it, they're just fucking like comment like they're, they're you, oh, what's it called? Yahoo comment section fucking artists. Write shit that fucking sticks. They write a whole bunch of shit and see what sticks to the wall. If it doesn't work and say, oh, well, there was a change of plans or whatever. No, it wasn't. You never had the right shit in the first place. And, you know, why? I understand why the Young Bucks would do that. I understand why Kenny Omega would do it because they want to sit there and get himself over. And Kenny being the best bout machine, supposedly, uh, they're trying to throw off that the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team. Don't get me wrong. They are prolific. They are very good gymnasts. Doing flips and synchronized stuff, whatever. It's like synchronized, synchronized swimming and fucking like the bars, whatever. They could do cool tricks. Don't get me wrong. They do good shit. Kenny Omega might be a little sloppy sometimes with the stuff, whatever, or his jokes don't land right because it looks like he's doing deadpan comedy or, or dark comedy for that matter. I get it. I mean, I get the humor, but there's a time and place. I mean, Kenny Omega just had a banger up in uh, Japan not too long ago uh, versus uh, Will Ospreay. It was a good match. Kenny was actually fucking focused. Now, there was a couple spots he did like little funny joke joke things, whatever, but at the same time, like he was more focused. He wasn't like that stupid wrestler he plays on AEW. Um, so I'm not taking anything away from the man from that match because him and Ospreay had a banger up there in um japan but nonetheless when the wrestlers are in bed with the reporters what's not though so if the young bucks just feel like they don't like somebody they're gonna throw them out the window or just keep throwing fake rumors until that person has to respond to every last little fucking thing and that's what the scrum happened CM punk just kept hearing shit and he i'm not sure if you know about cm punk cm punk cm punk does not write a lot of shit on his twitter like he writes stuff about the blackhawks or the cubs or about his wife and some other things actually matter but he doesn't respond to every fucking rumor because if you are you're spending your whole time just deflecting yourself and trying to keep your name where it's at 
So I think I think it's been brought up a lot of times, but if the EVPs were really pissed off about that scrum thing, whatever, they should have waited a fucking hour. They should have waited two hours. They should have waited until fucking Thursday or have a phone call. Coming in, barging in like you're going to try to whoop his ass. We don't know all the details to it because the person who, uh, I guess the person in charge of um, the second behind uh, Tony Khan, I forgot the chick's name, whatever. She's supposed to be unbiased, but how do you think she got her job? The Young Bucks. How do you think the nerve is going to play out? Yeah, I mean, and we even saw it on Being the Elite. They were out. It wasn't Nick. It wasn't. Sorry, I can't. I keep saying Nick. Tony. Tony Khan wasn't the one out here giving these people jobs. If you saw him being elite, the Bucks were the ones walking around going, here's your contract. Giving Rick Knox a referee contract. Giving this random wrestler that no one fucking knows or gave a shit about and didn't draw a dime. Sorry to use the Mike Graham line, but I'm going to. Not a dime. Contracts. Now, in the beginning, when AW first started and they had a bunch of random indie people, there were a lot of guys who gave them shit. And you remember, I gave Tony a free pass that first year because he didn't have a lot of, there wasn't a lot to work with. We both, I, we both gave up past. I just feel like, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of any people, but they have a roster to fill. They, have a, they got all this stuff happening. I haven't given up past. I'm like, hey, listen, they're putting on a show when COVID started. So there's a lot of shit that, okay, well, there's a lot of people are out. So, okay, let's bring in uh, the Jungle Bros. Uh, what the fuck's his name again? Jungle um, Boy. Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. Like, okay, well, I guess we're gonna see Sunny Kiss on our TV for next year. I guess yeah. or something, you know. And I guess we're gonna have Jimmy Havoc here for a while until he rapes the girl. I don't know, but or um, or Jelly Geneva until they found out how much he fucking sucked. But that's the thing. I, I even said it before. Like you know, like we're finally gonna get some XWE guys to probably come in here. The dream's gonna rise to the top. The people who suck are gonna be fucking gone. And the people are gonna be where they need to be at. It's gonna stay there. Um, but we can talk about the product about AW about their faults and what they're doing because I think it's been like talked about and narrated about about a million times. Times. We're booking, lazy booking, and whatever phrases you throw out there. But <laughs> again, when it comes to the reporting of it, and that's the, that's the stem of the problem. Like we could sit there and AW, because don't be wrong. Like when AEW first started out, it was like the honeymoon phase, right? For me, I was like, oh my god, it's new, it's innovating. It was a true alternative. It was like you need to have biased reporting on it. Now, you and I, we're podcasters, you know? I mean, I fancy myself a podcaster every once in a while whenever I have the itch for it. But the thing is, I'm a podcaster. I have an opinion. And I hope, you know, most of you guys agree with what I'm talking about. And there's a lot of people who don't. I appreciate the fact you don't agree with me. If you're more on a young a young buck side and say, this fucking Elvis guy, he's a piece of shit. He doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That's great. I want you to feel that way. But this is the way I feel about it. But I'm not trying to throw it off as facts. I just know that the reporting side of it has to be changed. I need accountability. I need something that's quality, not quantity. Because because if you have a whole bunch of shit pizza, it's pizza, but you're like, man, it's pizza. But when it's quality, it's like, I'm going to savor this. Exactly. Again, I, I, want, I want to savor it. I want to have it again. But when it's, when it's quantity after quantity after quantity without quality, it makes you long for that quality. And we have quality, but that's beside the point. I believe that the reporting, not only in our wrestling, but in the narrative from like the Fox News and CBS, I mean, there could be a lot more. Same thing with our newspapers, but they're bought out by the people like who are spinning the narrative. So there's something wrong about BP oil. They're not really going to much. There's something wrong with our police system don't emphasize it for a little bit though if there's like um something with covid like it's giving people like seizures and stuff you're not gonna really see it because what's sponsoring the new the today um good, good morning america pfizer so they're not gonna go against pfizer because they're sponsoring the fucking show right so why would you but it's like so is david melcher buying aw or is aw buying them but what's the point though because like they're in bed with each other they don't even have to do that they're like hey just give me a call just give me uh one of those jungle boy t-shirts give me a jungle boy t-shirt could you uh i know it sounds kind of rare and kind of weird but could you give me uh, a millennial cowboy shit t-shirt and uh i'll write some good stuff for you okay cool what you got this week uh we got some uh, darby allen t-shirts let me get one of those too um and who the, 
Who the fuck came up with the phrase Uncle Dave? Like, whose uncle is he? That's kind of creepy. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. When you hear people say it's Uncle Dave, I'm like, whose uncle is he? It's like, is that something the Young Bucks call before he goes to sleep? Before he gets, like, fucking butterfly kisses before he goes to bed? That's fucking creepy. Uncle Dave. He's not my uncle. He's not your uncle. Who the, whose uncle is he? Maybe he's uncle to some, like, people he's, like, related to, but people in the wrestling community call him Uncle Dave. Why? Is he the creepy Uncle Dave? The one going to bed with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? Just sitting there, like, pretending, like, when he goes to sleep and he's, like, fucking skiing right between like Nick and Matt Jackson what the fuck's going on yeah, exactly. And it just, it gets it gets to the point where, honestly, like, out of all the people, the journalists who talk wrestling, I've only found one credible journalist that's left. One. Ariel Helwani is the only wrestling journalist anybody should be listening to because he's the only one that's not biased. Well, he can't be bought. I mean, like, he, he is good at what he does, which is awesome. He put Tony Khan in a rough spot, which is awesome. Like, watching those big old fucking eyes. Like, he hadn't slept in three years. Um, You know, just sit there, like, sweating bullets. I'm like, listen, I like Tony Khan. I do, man. I do. I think... I think he has intents and purposes. He started with this company with great intent. And he just let a whole bunch of fucking dipshits stole him an idea and he feels like he owed them a favor. It's like being like, you're right. He is a big fucking mark. And I'm going to say that. Tony, Tony Khan, you're a big fucking mark. I love you, Dev Kid. But at the same time, like, you know, you're in over your head. You got some dipshits, like, negative shit in your ear and it's really affecting like the thing because i wanted aw to like to preserve itself and be something amazing and if you start taking the decisions and especially for this big fucking bull you like these fucking hot pack of hyenas it's fucking ripping apart at the seams especially when he was fucking down especially when he was fucking wounded your talent though who's gonna speak out against those fuckers like you have to be friends. imagine like having a friend that you have to be friends with them because like either be part of the group or not part of the group or get paid or not get paid. So it's like, hey, Nick, hey, Matt, um, you guys are awesome. I'm getting a great match. You're really flippy dippy doodah shit, whatever. Imagine like do like walking the next shows. And I guess the place was supposed to be been there. Not that it was supposed to be something fun and creative and great. But it turned out to be this fucking cesspool of bullshit, man. And God forbid someone tells the truth and says what's going on. It's like, oh, well, not our friends. So fuck them. Let's just let's throw some more neighbor out there. Hey, Dave, um, you got some shit you could throw out there? Got you, fam. <laughs> well, I've been there before, but I wasn't walking on eggshells. I was walking on mattresses, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I yeah, know no, I got you. <laughs> so, but I'm just saying, like that is true. There's very few people that speak out, and if there is someone who speaks out, you know, you notice they're on dark in a couple of weeks. Like all of a sudden, it's like mysteriously. I mean, think what about it. To Wardlow. What happened to Wardlow? Is another good question. Uh, yeah, he was in a feud with Samoa Joe, and instead, who takes the title from him? Darby Allen. And Jesus Christ, one of the worst booking decisions I've ever fucking seen in my entire FTR. life. What happened, what happened to FTR? Yeah, what happened to FTR? Yeah, look what happened to them. Right now, they're taking time off. I pray to God they go back to WWE and stick it up AEW's ass. Like, that is one of the worst... Mis- that too. That was one of the worst mismanagement of wrestlers I've ever seen in a company. You literally had the best tag team in the world, and you squandered them severely. You for some, And the Bucks didn't have the fucking balls to do it, because again, the Bucks believe they're the best tag team in the world. Let me say this right now, make this very clear. They are not even in the conversation. In fact, if they are so far out of the conversation, if someone were to bring them to the conversation, they would be beha- they would be asked politely yet firmly 
to leave the conversation. Get the well, fuck I, out. Because they are the most unoriginal tag team in the history of professional wrestling. Nothing they do belongs to them. As I've said before, they dress like the Rockers. They wrestle like the Hardys. They taunt like the Click. Nothing belongs to them. They are two guys who play wrestler. They wrestle the way you used to wrestle when you were a kid. Using the stunner and the rock bottom like it's fucking nothing. That's literally how they wrestle well i mean i feel it is a hot take so if you guys are friends of the, if you guys are fans of this current basketball player uh you may want to go make yourself a sandwich um they're trying to pull a narrative that lebron's doing you know they like to call him the goats the greatest of all time no you know the greatest of all time is michael fucking jordan six championships every time you fucking went over to the championships Grace of all time. Playing a harder league. Yeah. To make himself out to that, that he's the greatest. He's even said on TV. Michael Jordan never once said he was the greatest on TV. You know why? Because he never had to say it. People said that about him. Yeah. Same thing with LeBron. He tells himself that he's greater than Jordan or he's the greatest of all time. You know who's better than fucking LeBron? Who? He plays LeBron. Sorry to say it, though, but not sorry. Wait, you cut out. What was the name? Bryant. Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, totally. And Allen Iverson were way better ball players than fucking Kobe, I mean, than LeBron James. Yeah. But for some reason, the fact that he could just sit there and just say that he's the greatest, it ju- it makes him jump in front of um, Allen Iverson, makes him jump in front of Kobe Bryant. No, buddy, no, Miha, no. You are wrong. To me, in my eyes, I think Jordan was the best player. Yeah. One of the hands down, one of the greatest players. Now, some people all will argue that was Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem. For their eras, they were fucking beasts. They were. But yeah. that was a whole different thing. Michael Jordan transcended the fucking um the NBA. That it wasn't right. Yeah. So he actually took something on his shoulders, and you know, Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest. But Kobe, you know, he came after Michael Jordan, and he didn't reach his level. But you know what? Though here's the difference, though. Kobe Bryant never once said he was the greatest of all time. People called him that, and every yeah. time people try to make up comparisons from Kobe to Michael, Kobe's like, no, 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 no. Michael's the greatest, and he, Kobe said it though. Michael's the greatest because I learned from him. I used to call him. I used to pick his brain when he was first starting off, and they played like I think it was like Michael Jordan is towards the end, and then uh, Kobe was like you know starting off and he was fucking you know Kobe Bryant because he's fucking amazing he used to call Jordan hey man I got a situation I want to do this so they play against each other about defenses about how to read people about the momentum about to do things like he was like no I learned everything I know from Michael Jordan like if you're gonna learn from somebody learn from the best Michael Jordan is the best he's the greatest LeBron just simply just spews that he's the greatest of all time he might be good for our generation but he's no Jordan he's no Kobe he's no Iverson yeah uh yeah own personal opinion but the thing is like he's he's merely just breathing that into existence and the thing is like now with twitter and all these different things he's bringing existence to people like he really is the greatest because oh i'm so stupid you tell me what to do lebron are you the greatest he's like i'm the greatest of all time I yeah guess he is the best because he plays basketball no he's not it's like you can't like again the, the narratives that's being brought out though you can't let the media tell you what's good and what's bad if you can't make up your own concise decision then you're stupid i'm sorry to say it, though if you wake up in the morning you wake up and you have your morning coffee and you read the news and you let that set your narrative that's gonna be your, that's gonna be your attitude for, for the morning so if you read something shitty you have a shitty day you read something funny or watch a video that makes you feel good that's your narrative for the day yeah don't let, don't let the narrative control your mindset oh yeah and the thing is with wrestling fans and for the world in general but since we're talking about wrestling don't let these narratives that these fucking people are spewing out there what's good what's bad and whatever CM Punk that's fine if you think he's a douchebag and he has it coming because he has a big mouth almost they knew that coming in okay so it wasn't even gonna be like this fucking second uh, second, um, second city saints he is a douchebag he, he is full of himself it's warranted because he could, he could bring it on there but if you don't like CM Punk that's fine that's your opinion and I'm glad you have that opinion for me I'm a diehard Punker fan I'm always gonna be a fan of his um, I like 
like I, I like the elite before that situation happened. After that, though, it left a bad taste in my mouth because Vinny, do I hate most of my life? I'm sorry. We had a talk a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago, about wrestlers I hate. Who's the number one at the top of my list of the top three wrestlers I hate? Um, that would be the immortal Hulk Hogan is one. Okay, um, number one. Number two, uh, I don't know if he's number two, but I know his name was mentioned. J E double F J A double R E double T Jeff Jarrett. That's another one you don't like. Okay. And the third one, ah, I can't remember the third one off the top of my head. I'll tell you what though, you you hit the nail on the coffin. You hit two wrestlers. I absolutely loathe. And I'm going to tell you why, right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure we had this conversation. Me and Vinny had a conversation because I stopped doing a podcast. Um, but I talked to him over the phone and told him why I fucking hate these two people. He could he could understand the Jeff Jarrett thing and I had to explain it to him. The reason why I don't like, the reason why I don't like Kevin Nash, the reason I don't like, oh. um, I used to love Kevin Nash until later on I started hearing some videos about him. But the reason I didn't like Kevin Nash, the reason I didn't like Jeff Jarrett, the reason I didn't like Hulk Hogan's because, one, the politicking, okay? When someone has creative control to sit there and just do whatever the fuck they want and have control over something like that and then ruin other people's lives, I instantly hated him. Hulk Hogan was the first person I experienced as a kid growing up um, and then started hearing about the rumors about the politicking and all the shady shit in the background. Hell, you could go on YouTube tonight. I'll tell you what, though. Press pause on the podcast, look up the lies that Hulk Hogan tells and all the things he's done with his politics and it's screwed over and unpause it and tell me if i'm lying tell me stop me when i'm when i'm telling lies that's what i say it hulk hogan is a piece of shit i fucking hate him he's a politic motherfucker he ruined so many fucking lives he could have built other people up instead if he went into the business for himself and rightfully so he was white steaming hot for some fucking reason but he was um same thing with fucking jeff jarrett he made tna he was supposed to be like the breeding ground of new wrestlers and then a lot of a lot of good wrestlers came out of it samoa joe sanjay dudd aj styles um christopher daniels kazarian you had a lot of great wrestlers that came out to it but what did jeff jared do he he kept making himself fucking champion man it's like he couldn't like step off his own dick he's like no i gotta be champion because it's my promotion like no one gives a fuck like i didn't like you in the 80s i didn't like you in the 90s i didn't like you in the 2000s and here we are 2023 and you're still fucking here what the fuck <laughs> like why are you here like we don't like you just fucking go but like when you when you make yourself champion and when you have all this power it just fucking sucks because it's unfair it's unfair playing field and now we have that in fucking AEW. i don't want that to be the case and maybe i was drinking the kool-aid i was too happy about a new promotion being a breath of fresh air from wrestling because wwe had become so stale i was super fucking excited about it and then now it's like fuck you hear about all this shit i'm like why does it have to be like this it's like the, the wheel keeps turning the same fucking way the same fucking narrative the same fucking atmosphere i i wish like hogan would be like man i really regret ruining this person's life or not picking this person up and stuff telling lies to his fucking grave or jeff jared man you know i shouldn't have been champion i should have given it a AJ. I should have gave it Samoa Joe. I should have gave it to these people, but they don't. And they come back and constantly want to put themselves over. I'm like, dude, stop and say, I fucked up. I wish I would have done better. I wish I would have brought more people up. It would have, we would have thrived as a business, as a company, and teach so much instead of like putting people down and making them grind and keep their nose to the grindstone and keep trying to strive. And they did, but to no benefit to their own about the Young Bucks now. That's what I hate about Kenny Omega now. And that's why I kind of fucking hate wrestling now because it's garbage now. Like, another topic that we're going to get into in a second about the whole thing with WWE. That's going to be a whole nother shitstorm. And the phase of wrestling, the state of wrestling is in flux. company of wrestling, it's it's in dire need of something to be straight now because WWE might be sold. If not, it's already sold to the, the Saudis, maybe. And then we have AW with this fucking bullshit. Like, why would you be a fan of wrestling right now? Yeah. If the Saudis bought him out, if AW is supposed to stand to make, you know, like the next comeback or do something, why would anybody want to do that fucking job, man? Like, you can't get ahead unless, I don't know. 
It just, it sucks. Something needs to change. And those people would need to be stripped of their fucking titles, of their power, and all the bullshit. And they say the Kukabunga boys have to fucking leave, then fucking go. Kenny, if you're gonna go back to Japan and do some, like, go you know, wrestle some more blow-up dolls and wrestle a fucking mop, go fucking do it. This is bullshit, man. Like, you're supposed to have a company that could be doing so much better, exponentially better to pick everybody up. It was supposed to be this solidarity thing. And they made something so beautiful into a shitty, tarnished fucking turd, man. I'm just, yeah, you could see why I'm pissed off about wrestling now. It's it's horrible. Oh, I can tell. Like, a lot of the things you're saying are things that I was saying from the beginning. And here's the thing. And I've always said this, like when people talk to me, how bad is AEW? I give the same answer. This is how bad AEW is. I said, it's so bad, Elvis walked away. When I tell people, you stopped watching AEW, you walked away from it, it shocks people. Because as you mentioned before, Elvis is the reason we even started talking about AEW on this show to begin with. In fact, he had he had long since retired from the show. When we were talking about Elvis coming back, this is back when we were on SoundCloud before we came over to Anchor, he said, I want to be the AEW correspondent. I want to bring AEW to the masses. I want to be the guy that talks up AEW. Like, that That was the whole foundation for Elvis returning to the Boochcast and being a correspondent, and then later we did the part one co-host thing. We do variety shows together. But AEW was the catalyst for his return. So when he finally told me I'm done with this company, that's when I knew shit was really hitting the fan. Because that's how bad you ha- they had to fuck up is Elvis left. Every, like literally, the biggest Kenny Omega fan I knew, done with that. The biggest Young Bucks fan I knew, done with that. And what I respect about that is this is why now I'm okay with Elvis saying the things he says about Hogan, the things he says about Jarrett and even Kevin Nash. Because the Hogan thing, we've debated on that a lot. But at least I like it because he's, he is one thing you can't say about Elvis is he's not a hypocrite. He is not a hypocrite. It's like he found out Kenny and the Bucks were doing the same shit that he hated about Hogan, that he hated about Nash, that he hated about Jarrett. So he put them in the category. So I at least commend you on that. Like I was waiting to see if he was going to spin a narrative, but he's like, you know what? Fuck these plates. I'm not going to spin them. I spun them well. Yeah. I, spun, I mean, I ain't lie to you. I, th- I think I was thinking about trying to reach out to Tony Khan about like, Hey man, you have a lot of PR problems. I want to reach. I mean, like even if I do it for free, I'll do a pro bono. I will spin these plates. I'll go on fucking talk shows. I'll go on fucking like on the websites. I'll go to your, your, your scrums and do what I got to do to sit there and make sure this company like goes to where it's supposed to be at though. But I mean, what's the point? Like there's no point in thing we're doing here i mean wrestling is such a deflection right now it's a dire point right now wrestling is reaching a weird fucking 2023 is supposed to be a great year for wrestling with all these different impairments like we had triple h in charge at the helm he was doing spectacularly on smackdown and raw and still keeping like fucking nxt a fucking flow which is amazing um so he had like all these different things all these different narratives we were working with i'm like oh this is great we got something going on right 2023 is supposed to mark it off and you know Vince McMahon stepped down i mean who would have thought in 2022 in all these years Vince McMahon fucking stepped away from the thing he made himself and then the product got better like little by little because you can't just sit there and have a show and take all the storylines you have from before and make them garbage i mean they kind of were anyway but triple h is like no 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 well you know what though let's let's slowly build it plant the seeds Let's do some different camera angles. Let's get some new characters on here. Let's get some people that were fired. Let's bring them back. Stories, new narratives. And he was fucking killing it. Then stepped away. The company's going in the right direction. Horny old man who wants to fucking pull a fucking train with John Laurinaitis and his fucking bitch. And Kevin Dunn just sitting there watching eating popcorn thinking he'd get second sloppy seconds. Didn't. 
And now he had to step away. What happens? He decides to fucking come back. Stephanie McMahon steps down. Um, I just heard today. Now today is uh, Wednesday. And uh, two other CEOs or two uh, two vice presidents had left um, again today. So the company is in dire straits right now. So it's like right now, if time to capitalize on WWE being in such shambles right now, AW should have been in a good position had they had their house in order. But it's not. Their house is in fucking shambles. And right now is a prime opportunity. While while WWE is sitting there and, you know, making all these stupid moves. Because, like, for some reason, I guess the best way to kind of face it was when AW first came out, they were the face. He was a fucking heel. And then minus three years or fast forward three years, now AW is a fucking heel. Not the cool kind. Go away, Heat. And now WWE is a fucking face. But now the face is having trouble keeping that face because they're doing some fucking shady shit. So it's like, what the fuck do we do now? Like, we have both companies that should be strong driving and doing great shit now falling face i mean falling flat in her face right now I feel like this i'm not sure what's going to change i don't know how 23 2023 is going to shape up um if you guys are still enjoying the product man god bless your heart i'm, I'm glad you could suspend your disbelief but um i just can't take the narrative and unless something changes drastically something changes like that's going to be amazing don't know how you guys could watch the product it's fucking hard to watch it's hard to watch anything they're putting out right now yeah, it's literally painful. And here was the here was the harsh reality. The reason AEW got the success that it got was because I don't. It was the fact that wrestling fans hated Vince more than they loved AEW. It wasn't until Vince stepped down for that period of time and Triple H took over, and people were so excited about Triple H being in control of the creative, which as of right now he still is. Let's let's clarify that. Um, but so many people were like, now all of a sudden AEW couldn't hide their flaws anymore because now they were loving everything on an even playing field. So AEW started getting exposed for the fact that a lot of their talent, their their so-called homegrown talent, ain't cooked all the way. Uh, they've learned that every time someone makes a big epic debut, it only lasts for a short period of time. Next thing you know, they're on fucking dark and elevation because you can't do anything with them, or they don't know how to properly debut people. I still think Keith Lee's debut was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. The only thing worse than that was Matt Seidel. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was hard to watch. No, yeah, no one will ever have a sadder debut than Matt Seidel, but Keith Lee was pretty close. Like, it's ridiculous. They... It turns out they're just they're they're just as terrible at booking. They don't know how to keep anybody good. And again, it's because anytime the Bucks see somebody that's not part of their club that's a threat, they're gonna hold them back because they believe their style of wrestling is the best wrestling. It's not, it's actually the worst because it's the fakest thing on TV. But they think, oh, it's not fake because we're really getting hurt. Well, the fact that you're really getting hurt also means you're an idiot. Because psychology and storytelling is not in your repertoire. You don't want it to be in your repertoire. That's why you don't see, you don't hear a lot from the people that were hired to be coaches because you got nobody that's fucking coachable. I even said that from day one. And to quote a, a famous wrestling podcaster, wouldn't you know who won the pony? I've got 20 fucking ponies outside my backyard. That's how many I've won from calling this shit. Hell, Vince, Vince is only coming back to facilitate a sale of the company. And then people are actually like, I wonder if Tony bought WWE. He dropped the ball with that too because Tony ain't about that life. People say whatever they want about Vince McMahon being out of touch and not really doing good with the creative. One thing you can't say about Vince McMahon is that he doesn't know how to do business. He may not be in touch with what fans want from a creative standpoint, but as a businessman, 
He knows the fuck he's doing. If he just came back as the chairman and ran the company and left the wrestling to Hunter, the company would still be in good hands. But Vince now wants to sell this company. And again, we were talking before about the journalists saying, oh, they every, I was like, Saudi Arabia has a bidding, which they did. They put in a bid to potentially buy WWE and everybody automatically ran with, oh, look, WWE is now sold to Saudi Arabia to the point where talent in the, in the locker room was fucking scared. Because they honestly thought the Saudis owned it. And Triple H had to come in and go, no, the the company hasn't even been sold yet. We don't know if it's even going to get sold. We know Triple H and Stephanie are opposed to selling the company to the point where Stephanie resigned as the the chairperson of the company. That's why Vince came back. That's why he has the chairman spot. Stephanie resigned. She quit, which people saw as a bad sign. But that's the thing. And everybody's like, oh, what if Disney buys it? I'm telling you right now, Disney buys WWE, they're fucked. They're fucked. Because I'm going to tell you two things are going to happen. One, the company's going to be more PG than it's ever been. And two, expect 90% of the legends in the Hall of Fame to be gone. Two are obvious ones. The rest, you wouldn't believe would leave. But I guarantee you, they won't appear on WWE TV. Because they got too many skeletons in their goddamn closet. And don't think these motherfuckers won't dig. Disney's too woke to be in the wrestling business. Way too woke. It's fucked. Because you're probably thinking, oh. And, and, and in fact, would you like me to list some of the legends that I tell you, I guarantee you would be kicked out? Or do you want to just move on to something else? Let's move on. Okay. Because I can list them, but we won't do that. Um, But yeah, that's the point. Oh, I'll tell you what. Tell me two. Tell me two. Just two. Stone Cold and The Undertaker huh? would go. I, I I would have said Hogan and Trump, but they're the two obvious. That's a given. Two you wouldn't expect, Austin, Taker, gone. Why is that? We're going to have Stone Cold Steve Austin on, on the guest on Monday Night Raw. Didn't he beat his wife in 2002? I wouldn't think Disney would be a supporter of domestic violence. Nope, Austin out, gone. We've got The Undertaker. Isn't his real name Mark Calloway? Yeah. <gasps> he donated money to Trump's re-election campaign. He endorses bigotry. Adios, take her gone. Watch, that'll fucking happen. If Disney owns WWE, I bet money that's going to fucking happen. Guaranteed that's going to fucking happen. Kane, well, he's gone. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, whatever. It doesn't really matter because, I mean, they already did their time. They got to get off TV, whatever. Yeah. They made their time already. They made their memories. Yeah. So all those all those Kenanites, all the Impulse the Austin fans, whatever, they're going to remember them. It doesn't matter who spins the narrative. Maybe in the future, it'll probably be less. But those who grew up in the times would know better, so... But that's beside the point. But I don't know, man. It's just, I felt like I had to come on the show and talk about this stuff, whatever, because it was really bothering me something fierce, whatever. And I probably didn't get as much stuff done or out as I wanted to. Um, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's dumb, man. It could be, wrestling should be simple. It should be easier. It shouldn't be this hard. It, it shouldn't be all this different stuff, whatever. I know there's a big company and there's always going to be politics. There's always going to be like a hierarchy. I, I get that. But it should not be this hard. And for a company that's been around for like three, three and a half years, however long it's been, it's been coming up in its fourth year. I mean, from inception, inception to where it's at right now, it's like, how do we get here? And, you know, with wrestlers being bed with reporters and so forth and the politicking and everything else, that's going to be in every professional lesson. I get that. I'm not one of the boys. I'm not one of the girls in the back that knows like the inner workings. Like, get my ideas of what things are, but doesn't mean that they hold true or anything. I have an idea. I have an idea of what wrestling can be, and uh, yeah. it's not this. Wrestling should be a, a, a machine, something that's fun, something that's easy to kind of comprehend. It should be visually stunning. It should be compelling stories, and also, I mean, good guys, bad guys, whatever narrative you're gonna put out there. But at the same time, like everybody should build towards that greater goal. And if you're good, it's like Vinny. If I was to play you at basketball, I know. 
know I'm going to be better than your basketball, but you might be better at me at fucking playing cards. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like we all pick our strengths. So if I'm having a card match, then yeah, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to lose against you when it comes to that. But when it comes to basketball, I'm probably going to win. Or you know, riding a skateboard, but you might be better at something else. So everybody plays their strengths and trying to build each other up to make more money. Yeah, and it, it should be that you know, if you have a match, work the gimmick of the match, tell your story, do your business. The problem is everybody's out more obsessed with stealing the show than putting on one. That's the problem. And everybody that's why every match you see on TV is almost exactly the same. Like people joke about, I wonder if we had a cruiserweight division. We can't. Do you know why you can't have a cruiserweight division? Because the up because the main event guys are doing the cruiserweight crap. That's why 205 didn't last. Because all the guys that they're doing everything that the 205 guys were doing, the guys in the universal title match are doing the same shit. So what's really for the cruiserweights to do? That's why in WCW, you had the cruiserweights who did their thing, but then you had the main event guys who did the psychology and the slow pace and the storytelling, and then you had the cruiserweights that did the high-flying aerial shit, except for the exception with a few like guys like Randy Savage who did his thing. Everybody had their style that they did. And everybody worked their style to complement each other and make it work. And that's what wrestling is. It's The match is supposed to be believable. You're supposed to make people believe that the two people in the ring want to hurt each other and are having a real fight. That's why they say, that's why so many of the moves are stupid. It's like, would you do this if you were in a real fight with somebody? And if you're going to do a high spot move, set it up to where it's believable that person would get hit in that moment. That's why it looks stupid when you're diving off the turnbuckle and the guy's standing there waiting to catch you. That why would I go why would I try to break the fall of someone I hate? Makes no goddamn sense. But you want that ooh ah moment that's going to go away in 10 seconds because they're going to forget about it when that match is over. They don't remember the moves. They remember how they felt. That's why one of MJF's greatest lines from his pipe bomb was, I'm one of the few guys that makes you feel and I have to do a bunch of stupid bullshit to get you there. MJF rarely ever wrestles, yet he's the most entertaining thing on AEW. Think about that. That's really what wrestling's supposed to be. And that's why you have matches that are different and you showcase different things. That way, and everything's supposed to be in support of your main event. Everybody has a role to play and you play it. The problem is everybody wants to fight for the same spot. Now behind the scenes you can do that but once you go out to the fucking ring play your part. Am I making any sense yeah. at all? No, you lost me. I'm not sure you're talking about. <laughs> You lost me at the get-go. I mean, I think everybody should just have a fun time. Everybody should be on a playing a level playing field. There should be no faces. There should be no heels. Everybody should just be equal. No, I'm joking, man. Um, it's just it's a foregone conclusion, man. It just feels like wrestling is weird now. It's not the same. Um, I kind of felt it a little bit before though, but I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna give it a chance. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. Keep trying. I'm gonna be complacent. You know, I'm gonna sit there and just bitch about it though, and try to fix it. But I mean, wrestling's got a lot a lot of things to do. And I'm like, man, Tony, if Tony Khan had his shit in order right now, could have been a viable contender to maybe if WWE was to sell itself or to be sold whatever he'd probably have a good chance to buy it you know because he had too much going on but like right now he's got the Jacksonville Jaguars he's a soccer owner um over across the pond um he's got Ring of Honor which he does nothing with except for show up the the title is on Rampage and uh, fucking Dynamite from time to time. Um, it's just There's too much going on, but he just can't even take care of his own fucking house because his house is run by fucking idiots. Um, so I'm not sure. I think I just got to shake it up and do something different. Like, something's got to change, like, big time. Yeah. And that's the only way wrestling's going to thrive because if you keep doing the same old shit, same old shit, I mean, yeah, it's there, but, like, do you really want to watch it? Honestly? Like, if, you've seen, if you've seen Young Bucks match once, you've seen it a million times. You know, if you've seen it, like, three different types of them, they're the same thing. 
thing just in different order um and, and that's wrestling too i mean stone Cold of austin kind of had the same the same thing whatever but he was so charismatic in the way he kind of delivered and did stuff whatever where he made it seem believable where okay what's well, fine same thing with the rock and triple H. everybody's got a, a move set and sometimes they vary it away from it though but it's about that personality about what you bring to it um and it's just it's just i don't know man um i'm burnt yeah. out i'm i'm tapping out like just consider ben wall behind me right now with a uh, cross face and i know that's a bad reference but Crossface to me, it's always brutal. So I'm just tapping out. Like, yeah. okay, I'm done. I'm out. And um, I don't know, man. Wrestling is fucking weird now. So I don't know what to say about it. It is. And here's the thing. I envy the fact that Elvis is tapping out because people have even asked me, Vinny, if you if you got so much anger towards wrestling, why do you still talk about it? Here's the harsh reality. I, I'm so deep in the business that I can't get out. I literally have the cornet syndrome where I'm so deep in the business. I'm so well known for being a wrestling guy both in and out of the wrestling business like most people know me as the wrestling guy that was my that was what I got on the regular guys that's what I had in comedy like everybody knows me as a wrestling guy that's why I turned this podcast more towards wrestling because I realized I had more fans that were wrestling fans than anything else so I'm so deep in the business I can't get out but I'll tell you this NXT is the only show I watch anymore that I actually enjoy watching is NXT. Because I feel like in NXT, they're doing it right. Now, granted, there's times where things happen on there that piss me off. It's going to happen, but I feel like they're doing it right. There's people in there actually trying to work. There's people in there actually trying to properly be trained. I enjoy, I enjoy NXT to the max. They've got personalities. These are guys who are learning the business the right way. And it's the most entertaining thing to me. Like AEW. I keep I, I took a, I've taken a break from it from now. Then only after with the exception of today, the only the next time you hear an AEW recap is when Gator and I do Revolution in March. We're taking a break from AEW just because I need it for mental clarity and my mental health because it's driving me insane. Plus, I don't have to worry about the build of the Revolution because with Tony Khan, there's no such thing as building up a pay per view. He builds up a pay per view the way you know most kids do a school project. You have a month to do it, then you wake up one day and like, oh shit, it's due tomorrow, and you just throw a bunch of shit. To Together. That's an AEW pay-per-view. So I don't have to worry about that. But the only reason I even continue to talk about it is because y'all keep listening to it. Like I always say, I give the fans what they want. I'm not bullshitting. The AEW numbers do better than the NXTs. So that's why I keep doing AEW because y'all keep listening. I always say, the day y'all stop listening to the recaps is the day I shut it down. And Raw and SmackDown. Shut it down, Wahlberg. Shut it down. Yeah. And Raw and SmackDown, I still, I, I only watch highlights of them, but I keep up with it because I don't talk about it on the Boochcast because I do that with the Wens. So if you want to hear my overall WWE thoughts, with the exception of, again, this episode, you go to yeah, the male soap opera moment with me and the Wens. Shameless plug. Yes, a shameless plug. The male soap opera moment with me on Wen's World. It's on YouTube. Wen's World YouTube channel. You know, obviously we're going to be doing one in about a week because the Royal Rumble's next Saturday. So we'll be getting. So Wen's and I'll be getting together again. But overall, that's 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 the extent of my wrestling. NXT is the only show I watch from beginning to end that I enjoy. AEW I watch from beginning to end, you know, for the fans. Raw and SmackDown, I don't even watch at all unless I'm with some friends and they're watching it. Like, literally, I watched SmackDown because Desmond called me out of nowhere and said, dude, are you watching? I'm like, no. And then I was excited until the false flare came back and then I yelled at Desmond, thank you for what, thank you for ruining my Friday. I, thank God I'm not an alcoholic. I had to drink myself into a casket. But There's still time. <laughs> nah, I, 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 I ain't letting her, I ain't letting her win. <laughs> I can't let the terrorists win. 
There you go. But no, man, I mean, so my standpoint on this one, I mean, like I'm, I'm tapping out. I'm good. Um, it was a fun ride. Um, it was fun doing podcasts and being the OG for AEW, trying to get those guys over. Um, you know, I think the promo I did when we first started the show, getting a whole bunch of nobodies known and trying to give you a backstory on who these people were and get started. But I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, like the cool thing is I live here in Canton, Georgia. And I'm not sure you, you, you went to the same show. So, you know, talking about they got that uh, Southern honor wrestling. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go to that. It's indie wrestling um, show. It's like 10 minutes away from my house. And uh, I follow them on Instagram. So if I'm going to shamelessly plug anything, I'm going to plug their shit. I don't, I don't plug in that stuff. You know me. If you guys know what I say, Vinny, get the question. So, Elvis, uh, before we, uh, I know we're about to wrap up the show soon. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Don't. Don't follow me on Facebook. Don't follow me on Instagram. Do not follow me on Twitter. I will not accept you. Or maybe I'll accept you for two seconds and then fucking take you off immediately. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be followed. I don't like you to like my photographs. I'm not a dick or anything. I just don't like notifications. I'm a crazy person. Uh, a lot of people like to get notifications. A lot of people like to get followed. I don't give a shit about that. Um, I think I have like 10 people on Facebook and they're mostly just friends and relatives. And then even then they get kicked out. Um, I just recently added my dad two weeks ago because I forgot to add him. So I think I have 11 friends now. Um, I don't want to be followed anywhere, but if I'm going to plug anything, Southern Honor Wrestling, um, if you guys are near the Canton, um, Georgia area or maybe half an hour away, good show, man. Good stuff. It is. Um, a lot of newcoming uh, talent coming on there. There's this one guy named Sal Ranallo, um, who's by far one of my favorite. He's good. Um, he's, I mean, he's his character work is fucking amazing. But there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent there. Homegrown, um, really fun to watch. Um, if you go to a show, don't know anybody, don't worry. Go to a one or two shows, you're like, oh my god, this guy's pretty good. Um, it's a fun atmosphere. It's it's a true indie feel, which is awesome. I haven't had that since God, since Florida. Yeah. So it was really good to know. Now it's like ten minutes away. Vinny Vinny called me. He's like, hey, I'm gonna be in Canton. I'm like, my Canton? Like where I live? He's like, yeah, I'm going to be at this location. I'm like, okay. And I went and I had a, I had a ball. It was great. And uh, they do shows, I think, like every Friday or every other Friday. So, um, well, you know, um, they at least have monthly shows. Southern Honor Wrestling. So, S-H-W. Um, yes. Here in Canton, Georgia. So, uh, Chiefs are free tickets. $10. Um, you get to meet your wrestlers before and after the show. Um, amazing seating. I mean, pretty good fucking like, um, I would definitely say nice ring, good commentators, uh, amazing ring announcer, hubba hubba. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna promote them because they're a good wrestling company, and you always gotta support your indies. Um, yeah. The ones on TV kind of suck right now, but the indies are always gonna be true to my heart because I love indie wrestling. Yes, and Southern Honor was great. Um, I was there uh, for the Mr. Bagwell uh, segment. Uh, um, I came out as the Christmas elf with Matt Sells, who was Santa Claus, and uh, um, we were because Matt Sells was having a match with uh, Nick Halen, who are uh, I will say this: Matt Sells, Nick Halen, incredible talents there. Uh, also. So a couple of my a couple of friends I knew from back in the day, Chip uh, Chip Day and Murder One. We're there um, for D for the daytime fighting league fans. You know Murder One. So you might remember him. Uh, he was the guy that was explaining the matches whenever and what basically what was going down and how it worked and all that. It was no, um, it was a fun show. I mean, so I, I will definitely um, be going to those shows. Uh, nothing on TV um, unless Vinny calls me and tells me something spectacular or something crazy or something like that. Though, and I'm gonna stay away from dirt sheets until I see some truth in there. And given all the truth that's really out there, I'm not gonna follow it. So um, exactly. it's like a boo. Who will get the fuck out? I don't give a shit about your shit, but um, it just sucks, man. Um, um, I've watched wrestling since 
fucked since I can remember, man. It was one of the first things I watched as a kid. I'm 43 years old. Um, and it just sucks that, you know, you have a love for something, you watch it, and you talk about it, you do a podcast with a friend. And actually, that's how I met you. We, I met you at a wrestling event. I met you at a, at a Hooters watching a pay-per-view. Yes. Um, so so my closest friends, like Desmond and, um, may I say, Zach as well, too. I mean, uh, Steven, we all watch wrestling. We all meet up at that Hooters, and that's how we met up. And that's how our friendship started. So, yeah. you know, so my closest friends started with watching wrestling. And still to this day, I mean, we've been friends for 10 plus years. Um, going up. to shows, you know, watching TVs, doing pay-per-views at your house or my house or whatever. And um, it just sucks that, like, you know, that spark, that fun, or even like that, even like barren through all the shit programs we had to endure, we can bitch about it together and do it together. But it's like, now it's like, fuck. It's like, it feels like someone just punched you right in the stomach. And it's like, you don't, you just don't want to recover. It's like, I don't want to get back up. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to keep defending this thing because when I think us in the wrestling community, and I guess we all could test to this, when you tell your friends you're wrestling fans, that look, either they get it or they don't. They look at you like you like Star Trek. And if you like Star Trek, and you tell your friends you like Star Trek, you know that look you get. So it's even worse if you like Star Trek and wrestling, which I do, and and D&D. So it's like, okay, ew, ew, ew. I'm surprised I'm married, so. Um, (laughs) But you get this feeling like, okay, they're like, whatever. But I'm just sick and tired of defending it. I'm sick and tired of defending wrestling for what it is. And and then you defend it your whole life. You're avid fans. You're like, I'm not trying to convert people to like wrestling. It's just that I'm like, hey, that's just something I like. You know, you guys like reality TV series or you guys like your football and baseball and soccer. Um, You guys are passionate. You guys have jerseys and T-shirts and hats and jackets and shoes and your stickers in your car and flags. And, you know, you know me, Vinny. How many many shirts have you seen me in my life? lifetime in the 10 years we've been together how many wrestling shirts have i ever worn um i'd say a good i'd say a good 10 plus oh it's less than that i mean i've seen you okay that's probably less than that maybe maybe five. Oh, it's way less than that i can tell you the shirts i've, I've either owned or worn okay um, i mean when i was a kid different okay so when dx and all that stuff you can't account for those i'm saying like when i actually had my own monies when i actually got to became an adult and got an apartment and got a house and i had to fend for myself um the champ is here t-shirt that you let me borrow for one night on a bet is that what it was <laughs> i think so um i think i you want to bet and i had to wear the the champ is here because it was like either seth rollins versus cena or whatever i had to wear that shirt for one day i had an ambrose and asylum shirt that you got for me once yes which i gave to zach sorry um i had it then it was gone um i have a cm punk t-shirt right now i have a dan housing t-shirt and i have believe it or not the young bucks Kenny Omega and Adam Cole t-shirt from long, long ago. I had a Macho Man t-shirt. That's about it. So not much. Um, and you know, like it wasn't because I wasn't a fan. I was a super fan. I, I mean, remember WWE game it was, but the one that was like super hard to like move up into the ranks to get the championship and win the Royal Rumble and all those different things. And uh, you and I always call each other, hey, where are you at the game? I, I, I'm in the IC title. Where are you at? I'm in a tag team. Like, I'm still in NXT, whatever. And like, dude, to get the championship, you have to put that on your resume because you got to spend a lot of hours to get there. Yeah. Um, but like, it's it's a it's a somber experience because like something you love so much for so long, and then like for everything just to kind of like be the way they are, it's like fuck man like it's like almost like falling in love with a girl right and then like eventually you just kind of figure out like man that bitch is just bad for you so let's get away from her but it's a, it's a somber thing because you spent so much time and effort and you know defending it for so long and it's now it's like no it's not there anymore 
it's like I'm not so lost. It's like there's there's nothing there anymore. You know, it sucks, man. It just it's it just sucks, man. Yeah. It's like you know when you grow up and stop watching Saturday morning cartoons, it's like fuck that those days are gone. They'll never come back. Yeah. You can always watch cartoons on a Saturday on Nickelodeon, but it's not the same. Um, will never be the CBS morning cartoons or Fox Saturday morning cartoons. You never have the X Men theme unless you put it on DVD. But like those days of sitting back and enjoying a product is not there anymore. And the shift and the change and everything else with wrestling has changed so much to the point where it's like you just don't to fight anymore you're just like you know i'm done it's like you get fucked over so many times to a point where it's like you know what why what's the point i could do something else on the wednesday you know yeah he yeah you just feel at a certain point it's like you're it's like trying to defend somebody at, you know, it's like, hey, we're human beings, we all make mistakes, and then they just keep making mistakes over and over and over again to the point where it's like, I can't defend this anymore. Like, now I'm, it's like, now it's making me look foolish. Like, I don't know why he jerks off the socks in Publix, but he likes it. I don't I don't get it. It just it happens. It's just, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking weird, and it's like, um, it's, it's a coming realization, because, like, I was pissed off, and I was wrestling with it, like, literally wrestling with it in my mind about it, and I was trying to watch, I remember, yeah, just recently, and I came back on a Thursday night, and, uh, I haven't watched wrestling in quite some time. It's mostly just spoilers or dirt sheets, whatever, just kind of keep up with the product to see what's happening. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I saved two hours of my life or whatever. Um, and I came home. I was in Bahamas. I was delirious. I was tired from the plane travel. Got home, got the cases in. I put my daughter to sleep. My wife went to bed because she was tired. And it was like 7.30. I relaxed for a bit. And I'm like, oh, cool, Dynamite's on. I watched Dynamite, and I was kind of like, okay, cool. They changed the setup. The stage looked different. Everything looked revamped. They have all these different stuff. And I watched the whole episode. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know? I watched it and then my delirious state. So I called Vinny the next day and Vinny's like, Wrestling? You watched AEW? And I'm like, I watched it. I I was delirious, but I watched it. I was like, I was so attuned. My schedule was so around that thing, whatever. In my delirious state, I was watching it. And I was kind of amused, but at the same time, I had some shits marks on it at the same time i'm like oh it's a whole new feel the camera angles look better everything looks kind of cool whatever and then like the next day i woke up i'm like what the fuck did i do it's almost like hooking up with your ex and it's like why the fuck did i do that when you stuck your dick in crazy you never want to go back um <laughs> and, then you, and then you do and you feel guilty remorseful no matter what how many showers you take you just feel shitty as fuck it's like oh fuck what did i hit that for um but that's the way it is but i mean i know it's a stupid summer thing i'm just probably just ramble on but it just sucks man it just sucks that something that could have been easy and fun and easy but turned out to be something so shitty so it, it to me it just sucks man i'm just disappointed exactly that, that, i don't know how you're gonna do it man i have it. no idea how you're gonna do it though i mean good luck for you you're, you're too entrenched you're in there you even have your wwe keychain or necklace that you wear which i make fun of you to no end about but you do it I, you actually you I wear your freak, you wear your freak flag out all in public I mean, I haven't worn that chain in a while. I have the I have an NWO chain now that I sometimes wear. Um, the WWE clasp on that chain broke, and then I started working with Buff, so I pulled out the old NWO chain that I had, and I've mostly been wearing that. But even I don't even wear that anymore. Like I I very seldom like like I said I I talk wrestling on the podcast, but that's about as far as I go, unless I'm talking to like you or Zach or Desmond or something. But I I I haven't I, I haven't wear. And I love and I love Desmond too because Desmond, you know, he's still loves the product and he hasn't been tainted by this and I'm glad that he has a personality like he's got that mindset that he doesn't let that shit bother him and I don't, and here's the thing I'm not a, usually a person that gets mad about this stuff I'm not sure why this affected me more maybe because it's CM Punk and I have such a soft spot for him you know and the way everything kind of came out of WWE and it came to AEW and I had such high hopes yeah and then he had some bangers of matches and the small time he's been there he made such a great impact and then like he we never actually had the full run of what could have been and now it's again what could 
have been. Like, and it sucks. I just fucking hate it. And I guess the CM Punk thing definitely had something to do with it. But then once you like take a step back and really look at the whole situation with the reporting, with the news, and with the way wrestling is right now, it's kind of like fuck. Like, if you just take a step away, like put your fandom away for a second, and take out all that away for a second, and really look at the scope of wrestling of it is right now. It's scary in a way, but if you don't think about it as a fan, then you're probably not going to think about. It. You're like, oh, whatever. It's just wrestling. It's not real. But at the same time, like as a fan, it's like we know it's not real, but it's real to us because it brings entertainment. It brings a joy, a glimmer, a hope of your favorite superstar doing what they're doing, or that person getting or coming up, and so having these long storylines pay off in a in a justifiable way. But like when your belief gets taken away from you, there's nothing to root for. It's like, why am I here? It's like an empty seat. Like you kind of feel like, oh wow, what am I doing with this? Why am I doing this? Like this is it's not torture, but at the same time, it's kind of like you question yourself, why am I doing this? It doesn't make sense. It's it sucks. I mean, I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm tainted, I'm jaded, I'm biased, obviously, because I'm a punk fan. Um, but then I guess that kind of brought a lot to light of everything else and maybe kind of delve deeper into systematically what the problems are with it. And you know, uh, you know, people are gonna watch, are gonna watch it. People who don't don't you never really change that needle until something changes drastically in the business and that's what needs to be done right now because they just keep trickling along they're still make money they're still gonna make t-shirt sales they're still gonna sell tickets but you're never gonna break that mold you're never gonna get past that point and until you we do something different i don't think that's gonna it's gonna thrive but barely and i mean maybe one day you'll just join me in canton and see the indie show <laughs> yeah i mean because that's yeah because the indies is where, um, you know, there's a lot of great wrestling out there. But, of course, there's even some indie shows that are like, oh, my God. But, like, every now and then you find yeah, a good one. Yeah, but even that, even, that, even that, oh, my God, moments you have, even if they're green. And I, I love seeing green wrestlers. I'm not, not because of the botches. Because, you know, they're trying. They're trying to do something. And, you know, it's different when you go to an indie show because it's so much smaller and you can hear every fucking voice. You know, like when someone says, you fucking suck, you can hear it. You fucking suck. Right? Yeah. Um, as opposed to getting like, you know, when I go to a show with you, like we went to multiple shows, I was trying to start a chant for CM Punk or trying to start a chant for anything. It's hard because there's so many voices. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta convey so many voices to chant in unison with you. As opposed to you go to an indie show, you could say, I want some pizza, bitch. And like the rest of them be like, you want pizza? What the fuck is this? What the hell? <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of easier, but independence, I mean, they're, they're fun. And like, even the people who are green, they're learning their craft and it's fun to watch as people like come from where they're at and going to a certain place i think it's spectacular um so i would encourage anybody if you have a, a local wrestling show even if it's midget wrestling um do it watch it it's fun um even if it's a shit show it's better than what's on tv so i mean just my own personal opinion but um support local indie wrestling that's what i say that's my two cents couldn't agree more so uh elvis is there anything else you want to discuss or about uh, the state of wrestling or are you ready to wrap up no i think i've said everything i had to say i know it became like a sour puss budding a uh, sour puss kind of moment there at the end whatever but no, absolutely no, it's, fine. it's just the way i feel man it's just the way i feel it's okay. just the way i feel the way things are going and oh no maybe things will change you know yeah. i'm optimistic for the future but i'm not gonna hold my breath if something good happens great if not you know people are still gonna watch wrestling but i do gotta say it's been a pleasure and an honor doing these podcasts with you um in the past um they were super fun um you know it was fun being the first aw correspondents and uh i remember first coming into your shows calling in as a caller then doing the podcast and then handling the podcast by myself for a small stint and then calling in with different characters um i gotta say it was 
was super fun. I enjoyed all the dozens and dozens of fans out there in the Boochcast Nation who followed us, subscribed to us, and told our friends with the like minds. But I am going to forcefully have to say I'm going to hang up my microphone. And my podcast, my podcast days of wrestling is over. Well, hopefully someday, um, well, you know, uh, the door is always open to make a cameo appearance at any time. But uh, I do. I'll probably, do a Kevin, I'll probably do a Kevin Dunn impression one day. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? I'm not going to lie to you. That, that's but, uh, too fun not to fucking pass up. So I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, even if, we, even if you don't talk wrestling, there's always, um, you, you can always pay a visit and do a different segment as always. And um, now, obviously, we've, we've said a lot of things we need to say about the state of the business, but we don't want to end this on a negative, somber note. Um, or actually, actually, let me take that back. Let me take that back. We don't want to end this on an angry angry negative notes but i do think we do need to acknowledge this before we officially wrap this up and go we do need to send some uh thoughts prayers and condolences to the family of jay briscoe who passed away in a you know family suffered a car accident tuesday night uh or tuesday night at the time that we're recording this it was the night before so we definitely want to send uh thoughts prayers condolences and well wishes to uh jay briscoe's family um we know his we hope his uh daughters make a um a speedy recovery in the hospital but uh, definitely rest in peace to Jay Briscoe. Yeah, absolutely, man. It sucks that um, the man who puts himself through tables, through barbed wire and everything else, and his car accident took him out. Um, his kids, children are in the hospital right now. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, thoughts and prayers. But, I mean, literally, like, thoughts and prayers, man. I hope that kid bounces back. I hope, you know, her legs move again, her toes move again, and she's able to be mobile. Um, it's a sad, somber situation when it comes to it. But um, I, 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 I really do hope that there's a lot of in the tunnel and everything's gonna be okay with them um it's just a sad thing because um i mean he's younger than i am he's five years younger than me and he looks more of a man than i do any day i mean i'm 43 the dude's 38 <laughs> and like that dude's like he's been a man since 18 pretty much i'm a fucking 43 year old man boy um <laughs> but i mean you know it's a sad tragic thing whatever and you know i'm glad it wasn't like something it death is never a fun thing it's never it's a hard topic to talk about and people say thoughts and prayers and call it a day but um you know it's a human being that we lost and um, you know he's been doing it for 20 plus years with his brother against his brother against top tag teams uh, you got companies like WWE who's never incorporated himself with um, the the Briscoe company or tag whatever wishing condolences which is a big thing because um, you know the Briscoes let's face it the Briscoes um, they're them boys right um, yeah them so boys at the same time as human beings as as a human as the human beings man it sucks that we lost um, somebody like that and with the family the support and do everything else I know it's gonna be trying times and a lot of people say you know thoughts and prayers but they should probably go more in depth and say you know thoughts about the children thoughts about the family about their healing and actually not just saying it but maybe actually saying a prayer tonight might be nice that'd be pretty cool like before you go to bed before you lay your fat head on the pillow just say hey god this is a little bucciarelli a little pepperoni here on earth uh, i just want to send out a prayer for those in the hospital tonight to warm the hearts of the wife and uh give some hope to the kids and uh kind of make them through and let let see them through because you could just say it you could send a post you could repost it but you know before you lay your fed head on a pillow tonight maybe actually just you know take a minute close your eyes because you're going to close your eyes anyway just say you know what there's a family in need tonight who needs your comfort and it doesn't have to be before you go to bed you can do it right now close your eyes and say you know what god you know there's there's a there's a family out there that's in true need and uh they need all the comfort they get some a little blanket for my side and let god take care of the rest you know that's all absolutely 
And uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially going to wrap up uh, this episode of the Boochcast. Elvis, thank you so much, man, for uh, joining us and sharing your thoughts on the state of the business. It was great to have you back on. Just It felt like old times. And um, like I said, uh, anytime you want to make an appearance, non-wrestling related, obviously, the door is always open. But in the meantime, uh, keep enjoying your retirement. I think I will. I think we're going to go uh, retire on an island somewhere in Tahiti. <laughs> um, you know, me and my tropical islands. But no, it's been fun. I appreciate you guys and thank you so much for all the years that you guys have been listening for my dozen dozen fans out there who don't follow me thank you respectfully because you guys are respectful fans I love it um, it was fun and um, I don't know I might, I might just pop up and do a, a variety show where I talk about politics I know you guys love that um, <laughs> You know, when it comes to that, or the state of the world when it comes to things. But um, other than that, though, might even do a movie reviews. Who knows? Um, Vinny and Elvis go to the, the movies. Uh, that was a fun bit. I definitely um, want to bring but, that back yeah, at was, some it point. It was fun. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was like, I definitely want to bring that back at some point because um, when we last left off, it was you, me, and uh, Rhiannon, and um, the Big Lebowski is next on the list. So. Whenever you're ready. Whatever, dude. We said D&D. We have not. We've been talking about but never got done. So, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second, Vinny. But if it happens, I'm there. Okay. Well, um, you don't have to follow. Obviously, don't follow Elvis. But please, please follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. I mentioned the male soap opera moment earlier. At some point next week, we will have a male soap opera moment episode on the Facebook page, so be on the lookout for that. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Uh, visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. Be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell. Be notified when future content will be posted. We do have our current ep- series of Boochcast reviews. Dark Side of the 90s is currently out. Um, at the time that we're recording this, uh, the next day, uh, this week is, um, a tale of two cults dropped, uh, at 2 PM. So make sure you guys go and, uh, check that out on the YouTube channel. Also, we got other episodes coming out in the coming weeks. Zach and I are almost done filming the last of dark side of the nineties. So make sure you guys go and check that out as well. Um, as the series continues. Also, make sure you uh, follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. Uh, it's where we got our, you know, our wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party uh, should be Saturday, January 28th for the Royal Rumble. Um, I may need somebody to substitute for that one or put a watch party together because uh, I'm, I'm getting bookings out the ass, which is a positive thing, uh, but it might affect the 28th, so hopefully we get uh, somebody to substitute for that, but that's when we're going to do the next one. Uh, also, also, we got our, our live D&D show. God knows when that's coming out. Um, I know Elvis and I were going to do a Boochcast booking battle. I don't know when we're going to get to that. Um, but I do know we have another special treat that's potentially in the works. So, uh, a lot of maybes on the Twitch channel, but follow anyway. Uh, and of course, support the Boochcast. Go to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We got our our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. The second one, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. 
and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month the same amount of money we used to pay for a WB Network subscription here in the United States ever since it got sold to the Peacock you got nowhere to put that $9.99 so today $9.99 bring it over here we got better content in the network and unlike All Elite Wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show. That's where your uh, donations go. They go to uploading our equip, upgrading our equipment, uh, bringing in bigger name guests, paying the bills, and taking care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe these are to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And of course, if there's any money left over when all that's taken care of we use the rest to give uh zachariah scott his ramen noodles especially since that's technically all he's able to eat right now so he needs those ramen noodles now more than ever and until next time this is Vinny bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.